Welcome to Bible Gum, the show that brings you Bible insights, lessons, and humor three times per week, or as I like to say, thrice weekly if you're reading the King James. I'm your host, Taj. It feels great to be back after a little break. In case you missed it, I was off for the last two weeks because I got married. On the last episode, I presented the fact that most denominations teach they have a monopoly on salvation. In other words, they teach that they are the ones that are right. They know exactly how to get to heaven and no one else does. And I'm not speaking about other religions. I'm speaking within churches. So I asked which group is right based on what we read in Acts 16 verse 30 through 31. And in case you missed it, it is when the Philippian jailer asked Paul how to get to heaven. And he answers, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So based on that, who is right? Which group? I promise to tell you today, right after the theme song. I want my Bible gum, Bible gum, Bible gum, Bible gum, Bible gum. Honestly, any group or church that teaches salvation is only for their members is contradicting the Bible. Paul's answer is not limited to any specific group or denomination whatsoever. Paul was given a free pass to speak the blunt and honest truth. He was under no pressure to be politically correct or say anything that modern preachers would do for likes on social media. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved is pretty straightforward. In fact, not only is it straightforward, but it's also very to the point. Some groups will say that is not the full answer. After all, salvation is a process and that is proven because Paul baptizes the believers in a later verse. To that, I would simply ask, why would Paul give an incomplete answer? Why would Paul not give the full answer of how to get to heaven or how to be saved to a man that was moments away from committing suicide a few verses earlier. If nothing else, Paul would know that time is limited and tomorrow was not guaranteed to any man. After all, he himself was just imprisoned and the man he is now preaching to was about to kill himself. If there was any time to feel a sense of urgency and just preach the gospel straightforward and to the point, it would be right then and there. So really, what would motivate Paul to give a partial answer? And I've spoken to many, many people that take that position. And honestly, you cannot make the conclusion that they are making directly from this passage. And if anyone says this is an isolated case, I would say the burden of proof is on them. Prove that it is an isolated case and just a one-time thing. Because I can think of many instances where Paul preached the gospel and it lined up just like this. Peter and many of the other apostles also. Essentially, that is the gospel. Any other message is another gospel. John 3.15, John 3.16, 1 John, Romans 8, Romans 10, so many other places, faith in Jesus Christ plus and minus nothing equals salvation. So why would Paul's answer be incomplete? If I'm missing something, please let me know. I would love to know. So why do so many groups preach that salvation is only for their members? Well, personally, I think it's to keep people within that group. It's not my job to convince anyone where to go to church. That is God's job. He will place you in the church where you need to go. I simply say, read your Bible and be open to the leadership of the Spirit, and eventually you'll be pointed toward the church that you should join. And I don't think that you should be trapped or feel guilty if you feel that God is leading you to another church. The thing, though, is that many of these churches are large organizations and they depend on numbers not only to pay their bills, because after all, the lights, the Wi-Fi, printing, and so many other things that go into maintaining a building or a church that absolutely need money. So, So the number of people that are in the church do affect that. But also, as a side note, I think it's a lot to do with pride, because a church that has 50 people feels like they're better off than a church with 20 people. And especially when you get into the large numbers of denominations, we're talking about millions. 
If you have 2 million people in your denomination, you almost have a sense of pride. You feel a little bit better than the independent church that might have 200 members. And whether or not denominations and independent churches, which way is the right way to go, that's another discussion, not for today. However, I just think the more that we emphasize on the numbers and the more pressure and the finances, as a church leader, you make more of a conscious decision to want to keep people within your group. But honestly, the numbers thing is not always just a pride thing too, though, because for example, I am a numbers guy. In business, I love looking at the statistics, seeing return on investments and the percentages and all that stuff. I mean, I like spreadsheets. And the thing with doing work for God is that you don't necessarily see the fruit of it. It's not like, say, a carpenter who wakes up in the morning and starts to frame a house. And by evening, you can actually see the progress that was made. How do you measure spirituality? How do you measure maturity or wisdom gained? It's hard for a preacher to try to figure that out, how well he's teaching his congregation. So a lot of the times what you'll do is you simply count the numbers that you have. And I think well-intentioned preachers often do crazy things just to keep their numbers. And I don't necessarily think it's some kind of nefarious plot or that they're working for the devil. I mean, that could be the case, but for the most part, I don't think the majority of them are like that. I just think as people, we love our numbers. And anything that really threatens the numbers kind of makes us feel bad about ourselves. So The pressure is put on people to keep the numbers up. But anyways, what do you think about that? How do you feel about all this? And is there anything that I said that you think needs a little clarity or maybe you disagree with something or whatever it is? Just let me know. Because at the end of the day, I'm here to share what's in the Bible. But then when I'm giving my insights, it's not so black and white. I hope this was helpful to you and anyone that tries to make you feel bad about attending a particular church and try to persuade you to join their church, I would simply recommend you share this verse with them. You can find additional information at BibleGum.org or on Twitter and Instagram at BibleGumPodcast. And remember, share your BibleGum with a friend. You can listen and share for free on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast app. Thanks for listening. Until next time, later.